0: This is the, City on the Hills podcast. We hope this message becomes a revelation in your hearts and will encourage you to live a Christ-centered life. Thanks for checking out our podcast. Here's today's message. Let's pray, God, I want to thank you so much for your word. I want to thank you that you are good. I want to thank you that you are faithful. And I want to thank you, Lord, that you've gifted each and every one of us. And I pray that even as we engage with your word today, that you'll unlock faith in our hearts to grow in these gifts that you've given us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, I'm so delighted that we get to journey with God and with one another in this series called Gifted. And today I want to talk to you about the gift of prophecy. We're going to unpack all seven of the motivational gifts from Romans chapter 12. But today I want to talk to you about the gift of prophecy. It's probably my favorite uh, topic to share about. And I'm very excited because I believe that God wants all of us to maximize our gifts. God wants us to walk in our gifts. And remember last week we looked at the fact that you and I are unique we are, we, we, obviously, God, we are connected, and we, we must grow, and we must do it. We need to act. And so today, we're looking at the gifts and the gifts of prophecy, and it says in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 to 11, it says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should speak as one who speaks the very words of God. That's what I want to touch on today. Prophecy is speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides. So that in all things, God may be praised. That's the purpose of the gifts. God may be praised. God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To Him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Isn't that amazing? Is That for me, the more I get to know God, the more I grow in God, the more I want to give the gifts that He's given me. And so we've been looking at those seven uh, motivational gifts in Romans chapter 12, but we must understand that, um, that if, if you look at these gifts, it's often often the, the best way to understand these gifts is to say to understand that they are given by God for the glory of God and for the benefit of others. And so we understand that in, in, in 1 Corinthians 12 you get you get the manifestation gifts, and then in, in, in 1 Corinthians uh, and in Ephesians chapter 4 you get the ministry gifts or the or the, the translocal gifts. And then in Romans chapter 12, you get the motivational gifts. And so out of these, I believe that God has got kind of like, he weaves quite a lot of, of himself and our DNA and our strengths and our weaknesses in and amongst these Romans 12 gifts. Number one, they're for the focus of ministering to others. Number two, they're connected with your personal wiring and kind of like your personality, and the certain way that God created you and the way that He formed you. Remember last week we looked at we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And then there's this, um, there's this desire that God wants us to, to all of us, to grow in these gifts. And so today we're going to look at prophecy, like I said. And I want to encourage us today, even, even as they were you are, to understand that God has called you to prophesy. God wants you to prophesy. I believe God wants all His people to prophesy. Can you tell the person next to you? He's talking about you. God wants all of us to prophesy. I'm so passionate about the gift of prophecy. I'm so passionate about the fact that God wants us to hear His voice and declare His words. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 1 says, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. So He's saying pursue love. Love is the greatest. That's why 1 Corinthians 14 is in the middle. Of 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Corinthians 14, 13 is in the middle. Why? Because the motivation for the gifts should always be love. So we pursue love. Then he says, we must eagerly desire spiritual gifts. So you need to desire spiritual gifts. And if you've not yet done the gift assessment, uh, get the link from us on our Facebook page, get the link, and we would love to help you to discover your gift and then to desire to walk in these gifts and then he says, but especially that you may prophesy. He's writing to believers and he's saying, I'm desiring that, that God's desiring that all of us would prophesy. In Numbers chapter 11 verse 29, we see how Moses, the, the, the spirit of God came upon these leaders and, and they started prophesying. And then Eldad and Medad went outside and literally started prophesying outside the camp as a lifestyle. Eldad and Medad, they, they, they went about prophesying. I believe prophecy is not only for a church building. Prophecy is not only for a church conference or for a holy moment. Prophecy can literally be released. The gift of prophecy can be released in your workplace. It can be released at your dinner table. It can be released when you have a date with your husband or a a date with your wife. Prophecy can be released when you spend time with your family or with your friends. Prophecy can be released among even uh, people that are far from God. You can be in the shop. You can be in the grocery store. And prophecy can be a reality. And so what happens is these guys are prophesying out, and, and the people come to Moses and say to Moses, Moses, we need to stop these guys. We need to stop them from prophesying. It's it's not right. You know, we don't we want you to be the big big shot. We want you to be the only one that can speak the very words of God. But Moses said, and this is God's heart, Moses said to him, Are you zealous for my sake? Oh that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put His Spirit upon them. This is God's desire, that all of His people, all of His children, would be able to prophesy, would be able to speak the very words of God under the unction and the power of God's Spirit. God wants you and me to prophesy. Friends, I don't know, it might not be on the top of your ability or your gifting, or your Romans 12 gifting, but this is one thing I know. By the power of the Holy Spirit, God wants you and me to be those that echo that declare the very words of God. You and I are called to prophesy. Just like Elisha got a mantle from Elijah. Remember what happened? Elijah was this great prophet. He was seen as one of the, the, the greatest prophet that ever lived before John the Baptist. And so what happened was, Elijah prophesies. And what, what does he do? After prophesying, you know what Elijah does? He, he's this amazing prophet. And then he hands over a mantle to Elisha. And before Elisha, got the mantle you know what happened before he got the mantle it's amazing how he didn't we don't see any time that he flowed in the prophetic but here's what happened is that when he got the mantle he started flowing in the supernatural prophetic gift of God on his life now that was the Old Testament Elijah with Elisha what about the New Testament what about Jesus Christ the greatest prophet that has ever lived Jesus Christ is the the, the, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy the Bible says Jesus Christ is the ultimate prophet. He is the prophet, the priest, the king. He is majestic. He is the highest of all prophets. And you know what Jesus comes? He comes and he says, it's for your benefit that I go. He tells his disciples, he says to his disciples, it's good for you that I go. Because if I don't go, I can't give you the Holy Spirit. I can't give you my mantle. I'm going to give you my mantle. My mantle is that you would walk in the things that I walked in. That you'll be able to prophesy. That you'll be able to flow in all these gifts of the Holy Spirit. And God wants us to be those that carry the mantle of God. And the way we know it is the fulfillment came in Joel chapter 2. Joel chapter 2, uh, and actually Joel chapter 2 was the prophecy. In Acts chapter 2 was the fulfillment of Joel chapter 2. After Jesus had ascended, the mantle of His Spirit came upon these believers. And they got filled and empowered with the, with, with, with the Spirit. And then what happened? The Spirit of God empowered them. And Peter says, this is what's written in the, in the, uh, in the prophet Joel. He says, your, your young man will prophesy. Your old men will dream, dream dreams and your young man will see visions and we'll prophesy. God will pour out his Spirit and we'll prophesy. God wants us to be a prophetic people so that we can declare the very words of God. That's the first thing. God wants all of us to grow in the gift of prophecy. All of us. Secondly, God wants you and me not only to listen to him for others or listen to him via others. God wants us to listen to him for ourselves. God knows that the best thing that he can, the best, the biggest gift he can give you and me is that we would hear his voice, is that you and I would encounter with the very voice of God, the word of God. When Adam and Eve, the Bible says in, in Genesis chapter three, that Adam was walking with God in the cool of the day. And, and then when, when they hid themselves, the Bible says that they heard The voice of God walking in the garden. They heard the voice of God. Listen, friends. The voice of God is literally connected to the presence of God. And so when Adam had God's presence, he had God's voice. And God wants you and me, now that Jesus Christ opened up the way to the Father, opened up a way to the most holy place, God wants you and me to every single day come to him and say, Speak to me, Lord. I'm listening. Just like Samuel. Remember what happened with Samuel? Samuel heard his names spoken and then he thought Eli called him but after the third time Eli said to him when you hear it again to say speak Lord your servant is listening I believe that God is speaking are we open and are we listening to him you know the one of the Hebrew words for prophecy in the Old Testament is this Hebrew word called nataf now nataf is often used either for the word for prophesy or for, for drops of rain or for dew and so it's amazing how natuf happens when you and I, it's, uh, often when they were worshiping, they would have these moments of kind of call it natuf, these prophetic drops, these refreshing moments, these drops of God speaking to them, of them hearing from God, it would be refreshing to their, their soul. They would be able to hear from God in these moments of worship. And I've learned that worship and the presence of God go together because the Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. So the presence of God and the worship of God are together. And then we've learned earlier that the presence of God and the voice of God, the words of God go together. So if worship and presence goes together, and if presence and God's voice goes together, then that means that worship is key to hearing God's voice. Because when you worship, you experience his presence. And when you experience his presence, you hear his voice. I think you can give God praise for that. That's awesome. And so we see in Acts chapter 13, our prophets and teachers came together. These were prophetic people coming together, prophetic people, prophets and teachers coming together. And then they were worshiping. The Bible says in verse two of Acts 13, it says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Watch this. God is saying, set apart for me, Paul and Barnabas, Barnabas and Saul, There's a prophetic word that comes in the midst of them worshiping. Listen to this, friends, worshiping the Lord and fasting and praying. We just recently did a fast. It was life-changing. Why? Because God is using that time of fasting and worship for us to incline our ears to hear from the Spirit of God. Isn't that awesome? Is that while they were worshiping and fasting, the Holy Spirit spoke. Friends, often when I want to hear God's voice, I've learned that I enter His gates with thanksgiving. I enter His courts with praise. I rejoice in the Lord always. And as I rejoice, God is near to me. The Bible says in Philippians 4, God is near when you and I rejoice. And as we rejoice, as we worship, God inhabits our praise. And then in His presence, I hear His voice. And then He says, He speaks the very things that we, He confirms what's in our hearts. And I've learned this about prophecy. Prophecy is not there to give you information, but prophecy is there to bring confirmation. Prophecy is not primarily there to give you information. Friends, often God speaks to us personally. And that's why we need to hear him personally. And then when a prophetic word comes, there's a confirmation in our hearts. 2 Kings 3, verse 15, we see how Elisha now prophesies. Remember, he got the mantle from Elijah. Now Elisha prophesies. And Elisha, before he prophesies, in verse 15 of 2 Kings 3, he says, but now bring me a musician. So bring me someone that can play music that we can worship. Bring me a musician. Then it happened when the musician played that the hand of the Lord came upon him and then he prophesied. Friends, the prophetic and worship go together because worship and the presence of God together, go together. And in the presence of God, we hear the voice of God. How often do you ask yourself, what is God saying to you? This is Marie's favorite question she asks me. She often asks me, my love, what is God? what's God been saying to you? And it's such a good question to ask me because that challenges me to incline my ear every single day when I spend time with God to say, Lord, speak to me. I remember when Marie and I, we went on this journey, obviously to decide about going to America and, uh, and we really have resisted it, friends. We have not wanted to go to the States. We have, we, we have not wanted to be uh, relocate. We love, we really loved where we were in Clarkstorp, And so we didn't want to go. But then um, over years, we got these prophetic words And God started speaking in our hearts that he's going to move us on. And we did not want to believe that. We actually resisted it. And then when we got the fifth prophetic word uh, last year, and it was a prophetic dream actually that was shared with us, that resonated in our hearts. And it wasn't information to us. It was confirmation. And that confirmation helped us then by faith to act upon the word of God. I believe that often when you learn how to hear God's voice personally, you're able to then grow in your prophetic gift. And one of the first things that God always says to me, when, if I read my journals and I spend time with God, the first thing that God always says to me is He tells me, my son, I love you. God always tells me how much He loves me. And that means the world to me. The third thing I want to share with us today is that you and I need to beware of, of just shooting from the hip. Beware of, of, of releasing this prophetic gift unwisely and in an ungodly way way. Some people, they hear God, but they just don't share it rightly. They would say, God said. Now friends, it's very dangerous to say, God said. I often rather say, I believe God is saying. So I believe that this is what the Lord would say. I believe the Lord would say X, Y, and Z. Why? Because I don't want to be able to be someone that sometimes we do misfire. Sometimes we can get it wrong. And if you get prophetic words wrong and people then kind of hear it, it can really hurt people, and it can misrepresent God. God doesn't want us to to misrepresent Him. And so when you share it, I often say, I believe this is what the Lord is doing. I believe this is what the Lord is saying. And I would like you to go to God with it. I do believe that sometimes we can get it wrong. And then it really does, it really just actually devalues the prophetic. And sometimes a portion of the prophetic word that you share is 100% what God is saying. But then the other portion is something that you might be saying. And so it's very, very important to say, I believe this is what God is saying. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse three. Now this is the purpose of prophecy. The, the, so please, friends, let's handle it biblically and godly, in a godly way for the glory of God and the benefit of others. 1 Corinthians 14, verse three says, but the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Wow, there's three reasons, major reasons, why we prophesy. Number one, to strengthen people. Number two, to encourage them. And number three, to comfort them. If you look at it, that word strengthen, some translations call it to edify, to build someone up. So to strengthen someone God wants us to, build people up. Often I've heard someone, some people come to me and give me prophetic words and then it's be like, these prophetic words were like quite like judgmental and very negative, like nah. And I was like, that's not great. You know what I'm saying? Um, no, God wants you and me to, to strengthen, to build people up. And then uh, uh, to encourage is another translation would say to exhort, to encourage them. And, and, and when it talk, talks about comforting, is to, to cheer people up. So to exhort them is, is to encourage them, and to cheer them up is to comfort them. The fourth thing I want to share with you today is that you and I need to recall prophetic words received from others. Do not neglect the prophetic words that you've received from others. If you've received great prophetic words, don't neglect it. It says in 1 Timothy chapter one, verse 18. Timothy, my son, I am giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies made about you so that by recalling them, can you say recalling them? By recalling them, you might fight the battle well. I love this. God wants you and me to recall prophetic promises so that we can fight the battle that he's called us to fight well. Isn't that powerful? God wants you and me to not forget the prophetic words, to not neglect the prophetic words, but to steward them, to hold onto them, and to recall them. I remember over the years, I've had to hold, hold closely to the prophetic words that God's got for me, and these prophetic words have changed my life if I've recalled them and I've stewarded them well. So when you get a word from God, I want to encourage you, write it down, and 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 respond and act on this prophetic word. Don't just kind of keep it on the side. No, you need to steward it well. If you get a prophetic word, don't just kind of take it for granted. Or I sometimes feel like we can devalue a prophetic word. God doesn't want you to devalue it. God wants you and me to value prophetic words, to steward it well, and then to recall it, to remember that prophetic word. Graham Cook said the following about receiving prophetic words. And often people when they get a prophetic word, they actually think they just nothing's like that's gonna be perfect, it's gonna happen, it's all set, we're gonna happen, it's gonna happen because the prophetic word said so. Now, friends, just because you got a prophetic word doesn't mean that it's gonna take place. What happened with Moses? Moses was called by God and he got a prophetic word. Remember that? And that prophetic word was you need to go and set my people free. I'm sending you to Egypt. But then when he got to a resting place, the Bible says that God was going to kill him. Moses was going to die at a resting place. Why? Because he had to act according to God's ways. And that meant that he had to circumcise his son. And then his wife brought, the, brought, brought his sons, uh, literally helped with the circumcision, made sure that his son was circumcised. And then Moses could walk into his prophetic promise. Friends, when you get a prophetic word, steward it well, but also react and respond to it well. Graham Cook says, He says, there are no unconditional personal prophecies. No unconditional personal prophecies. He says, personal prophecy points to the possibility, not the inevitability. If your response is poor and full of unbelief, or your lifestyle is one that continually grieves the Holy Spirit, you might not see those prophecies fulfilled. Isn't that amazing? God wants you and me to walk in these prophetic words and these prophetic promises that he's got for us. He wants us to recall it. He wants us to steward it well and respond by faith and respond living in accordance to his ways. The fifth thing that I want to share with you about prophecy is that in order to grow in your prophetic gift, you and I need to grow in our times in God's word. We need to grow in our times in God's word. And so friends, a key to prophetic accuracy and prophetic growth is to deepen your theology. Deepening your theology is paramount it's super important when it comes to growing in your prophetic gift if you're not spending time in God's word you the Holy Spirit is going to have very little to remind you of because the word of God is God's word and often when I prophesy the Holy Spirit will never let me prophesy anything that's contrary to the word of God and so my prophetic words always line up with scripture Always and will never contradict scripture if I get a prophetic word and it contradicts scripture like hey you need to divorce this person or hey man you you, you, you know, you're allowed to sleep with that person outside of marriage. When I get a prophetic word like that, I'm like, <laughs> it's not in line with God's word. So it's definitely not God's prophetic word. It's from flesh, it's from man. And so I believe if you're shallow in God's word, you're gonna be shallow in prophecy. And, and, and you know, remember what happened recently, just last year when Donald Trump lost the, um, the election, And basically what happened was there were all these prophets that prophesied initially to say Donald Trump is going to win, that he's going to be re-elected as president. Many of these prophets, these were well-known prophets, they prophesied quite boldly and confidently that they are going to, that Donald Trump is going to be the, the, he's going to keep his presidency. And then when he did not, he was not elected as president, some of the prophets came out and said, you know what, we're sorry we had it wrong, which was the right thing to do. Because if you miss it, just be honest, just be humble and just own it and say, hey, I'm sorry, I missed it. But some guys said, no, 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 no. They still believe that Donald Trump is gonna, it's gonna be resurrected. They still believe it's gonna happen later on in the year. And friends, sadly, history has proven them wrong. Friends, we're not called to give funny, weird, prophetic words. And um, I'm telling you today, if, if, if we make a mistake, we need, to prop- we need to say sorry. And one guy once said about, These prophetic words that were said about about those guys, especially those that prophesied about Trump. He said, How did so many of us end up with an almost cult like devotion to a leader? So he's, he's questioning even how prophets were deceived because of their devotion to a man. He says, They compromise our ethics. We compromise our ethics for a seat at the table and drape the gospel in an American flag. Friends, we should not get distracted with our prophetic words. Our prophetic words is not about politics. It's not about convenience. It's not about comfort. It's not about our preference. It's about the word of God, the glory of God, and the benefit of others. Friends, if you might say, but Mark, I don't know where to start. I don't know, should I? Where do I start? I'm here to say to friends, just trust God every day for a word of encouragement. God is always speaking. Especially, you can just encourage someone with the truth that God loves them. And that he's got a plan for their lives, and that God's got hope and future and joy for every single person. I'll never forget this. One morning, I woke up and and God just gave me this impression in my heart: red shoes. And so I was like, "Wow, Lord, red shoes!" So I went to church. I asked, "Is there anyone with red shoes?" No one at church that had red shoes on. So I was like, "Ah, oh, maybe I missed it." And that afternoon, at about five o'clock, I was at a, a, a gas station, and at this gas station, I, I saw a lady park her car and as she opened the door her feet came out and i saw red shoes and i was like oh lord that's the address so lord what should i tell her and the lord said just tell her that i love her and that i've got a plan for her life so i went into the little shop at this at this gas station and i just went to her up to her and i said i'm so sorry you know i showed her my ring i'm I'm married i'm not trying to hit on her i just said to her listen i just saw you because you've got red shoes on god put you on 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 my radar. And God just wants to give you a message through me today. God wants to tell you that he loves you and that he's got a plan for your life. And this lady started weeping. She wept in this shop. I couldn't believe it. And I said, are you all right? And she said, yes, I'm all right. And I didn't want to touch her. I just prayed for her right there. I just blessed her. And I left the shop and I realized that sometimes the smallest little acts of obedience in prophetic ministry can change lives forever. Simply, you can just maybe in the morning wake up and if while you're spending time in the word of God, God highlights a word to you and maybe says to you, maybe you need to send a voice note. You can just take your phone, send a voice note to a friend or a family member or someone in your small group and you can just encourage them with the word of God and that can change their lives. Friends, before you share prophetic words publicly, maybe you should just start privately. Maybe you should just start in, your, in the small group right now, the group that you are doing this gift of journey with, this life group that you're in, just as you do it with a small group, start prophesying over one another. Maybe today in this message, you can just take some time, just share God's encouragement, God's word with one another. It says in Isaiah 50 verse four, the sovereign Lord has given me a well-instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. The sovereign Lord prophecy is speaking God's word. He's given me a well-instructed tongue. He says to know the word that sustains the weary. He wakens me, Morning by morning, wakens my ear to listen like one being instructed. Isn't that awesome? God wants to give you words in your mouth so that you can share them prophetically with people. It doesn't have to be weird. It doesn't have to be all funny, super spiritual. It can just be real, loving, with compassion, with the heart of God, with the word of God. Every morning when you wake up, God, show me. I want to share a word with someone today. It says in Psalm 139, Verse 17 to 18, it says, How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I'm still with you. Friends, every single morning when you wake up, God's got multiple amazing thoughts, precious thoughts about you and the people you know. God has got awesome, amazing. He says they they outnumber the grains of sand millions upon millions and millions of sand God's thoughts outnumber the grains of sand God's thoughts are precious about you if you can wake up every morning say Lord share your thoughts with me share your words with me share your heart with me and Lord if there's one or two of those things that you share with me that I can share with someone else I'm sure it'll be able to bless them would you open your heart every single day to say Lord I want to hear your voice I know it's not it's sometimes hard but I wanna hear your voice. Sometimes just speak to me through a Psalm. Speak to me through the scriptures. As you read the scriptures, make a note or two. Say, God, this is your word to me today. This is you speaking to me today, just right there where you are. I wanna ask you to take a moment. Could you open your hands? And I've got faith that we're gonna get a fresh touch from the Holy Spirit right now. I've got faith that right now you and me together can put our faith out and say, God, Touch me with your spirit. God, empower me with your spirit. Empower me with the gifts of your spirit. Empower me with these gifts and speak to me, Lord. I wanna hear your voice because you say in your word, in John 10, that your sheep hear your voice and they follow you, they listen to you. Lord, I am your son, I'm your daughter. Maybe you're a daughter of God. You say, Lord, speak to me. And if you're far from God today, I believe God is speaking to you like he spoke to me when I was a teenager. When I was far from him, I, I heard him call my name. I heard him call me out of darkness and into light. And today, God is calling you to respond to him by faith. Today, God is speaking to you. He's speaking to you even through this message to say, turn your back on sin and let the life and the love of Jesus be your reality in Jesus' name. Let me pray. God, I want to pray. Firstly, if someone's far from you, right there where they are, Jesus, touch them, bless them, and draw them close to you. And, and connect them with the local church and for us that are close to you holy spirit touch us holy spirit speak to us speak your servants listening i'm listening to you i want to hear your voice not only today but every day of my life and then i want to speak your very words to bless others in jesus name amen friends thank you so much enjoy your group this week and enjoy your daily devotion bless you abundantly in jesus name amen Thanks for joining us for today's message. Don't forget to check out our website or visit City on a Hill International on Instagram or Facebook for our updates, celebration times or ways you can get involved. We are also streaming our message on Facebook Live, so make sure you join us or share the post. Thanks again for checking out our podcast. We'll see you soon.